Hello, I'm Spencer Levy, Chairman of America's Research and Senior Economic Advisor at CBRE, and this is The Weekly Take, where we share our unique insights on what matters most in commercial real estate and the world at large. And this week, I'm delighted to be joined by my friend and colleague, Richard Barkham, CBRE's Global Chief Economist and America's Head of Research. Richard, macro. We've been on record suggesting that we are going to have a V-shaped recovery. We're optimistic as it relates to the macro, maybe not quite as optimistic with respect to the micro for real estate. Richard, how did we reach that conclusion? Well, we took a look at uh, each individual industry in the U.S. economy, and we worked out what would happen under lockdown and what would happen when lockdown was withdrawn. And then we aggregated all of those views up and came with a view of, of, of GDP growth for the United States. And it looks like a very deep hit in Q2. But I think um, uh, plenty of ability to bounce back in Q3, um, which I would call the recovery phase or the stabilization phase rather than the growth phase. And then really higher growth in Q4 and, uh, uh, and very strong growth in, in 2021. And it's based on pent-up demand, it's based on catch-up demand, and it's based on an extraordinary level of government stimulus. Now, Richard, you suggested there a bottom-up approach going industry by industry, but I think it's fair to say we've also looked at it top-down, looking at other events historically, whether it be the GFC, 9-11, or even some comps in Asia. What do some of these comps tell us about the potential speed for recovery? Well, we we see in Asia, of course, we're following China very closely. And uh, China uh, had two months of lockdown, got on top of the virus very um, capably, uh, despite a late start. Uh, and the economy, one, one quarter on, is bouncing back quite nicely. So China is our, our current comp. Um, I also tend to think of you know, big supply shocks to the economy. And I, I myself uh, look at the oil shock in 1973, which I don't think most people will remember. But it, was, it brought Western economies to an absolute dead halt. But then a, a combination of um, government stimulus uh, and, and monetary stimulus got the economy going quite, quite quickly. The moral I draw from the, the 1970s, some people might look and say, surely you're not talking about inflation. And I'm not talking about inflation. What I saw after the oil shock is that growth resumed quite quickly. But the 70s were a period of volatility. And I do wonder, I do believe in the V-shaped recovery, the, the way the U.S. economy can come back. But I wonder if the aftershocks of the uh, COVID-19 are going to usher in a period of volatility. Not bad on average, but just a little bit more uncertain than we've been used to over the last 20 years. Let's go micro here for a moment. Why don't you walk me through what your overall point of view is on the real estate recovery, and then we'll talk about the best and the most lagging asset types. Yeah, so Spence, we see a V-shaped recovery for the economy, but we see a, a Nike swoosh-shaped recovery for the for the commercial real estate sectors, uh, and the, uh, a one-year recovery for the industrial sector, which has been remarkably resilient and and has had a strong positive nudge from the growth of e-commerce. We see probably a two-year recovery for offices, um, where there will have to be some new office protocols and new ways of managing offices. Uh, established before leasing can can continue. And then I think a, a three-year recovery trajectory for retail coming out of the fact that many of the food and beverage um, uh, businesses and perhaps some retailers won't be coming back. They have to 
they have to be restarted. New businesses have to come along to fill up that that space. So one, two, three, industrial, office, retail. But there's one fourth, uh, which is multifamily. And I would stick that uh, closer to industrial um, as a one, a one and a half year recovery, uh, perhaps a bit quicker um, as, as rents have dropped. And as people come out of lockdown, they'll be seeking to form families and secure premises and get on with their lives. So uh, that's how we would see it, Spence. So let's talk about some of the sub-asset classes for a moment, because there have been some that have been hit really hard in the short term. And the question is, will there be lingering impacts? Um, I think clearly on seniors housing, that's a short run reaction. Um, clearly on student student housing, that's a, a short short run reaction uh, that we would expect to come back along that Nike swoosh type of trajectory. But you've got to think, uh, again, with the, the drift towards e-commerce and the use of Zoom, that this is a, a structural shift in favour of um, data centres and, and those kind of alternatives. So a bit of both, I think, there, Spence. How might the slowdown of international air travel impact different segments of commercial real estate and impacts to certain markets? I think there are, there's, there's quite a lot there. I mean, um, everything from student arrivals uh, affecting university towns um, to, but I think the nearest and closest uh, impact is going to be on the hotel sector. The hotel sector that is servicing international travel is clearly uh, going to, to feel the pain. I think the more people who are not traveling internationally as, as likely, the more that spending is going to be diverted into the domestic economy. Um, so I think we would, you know, we might see uh, the hotel and leisure sector in around domestic vacation destinations doing quite well. And, you know, we've been a little bit negative on retail. So I, I also think quite a lot of that money that is not been going on international travel you know, might get redeployed into the retail sector. We might see a stronger bounce in retail. And, uh, you know, I think it might, curiously enough, um, come come back in auto sales. Uh, if people are, are not allowed the treats that they would normally have from international travel, they're going to be thinking about what, what new car I can buy. Any of the, the, the big cities that are associated with aircraft manufacture are obviously going to, going to um, get a little bit of hit from this. Both you and I know that we've gotten more questions from clients about, is this a permanent shift to what we call the fluid workplace, where people are going to be working from home, working from the back of a Starbucks, the back of a self-driving car? Now, over the next 12 to 18 months, there's clearly going to be a shift, but will that be a permanent shift? What do you think, Richard? Well, I've been looking very hard at the CBRE data. We've got a very rich data set of uh, office occupancy and vacancy, and we can look for the the whole United States going back to 1985. And all I see is a continual trend upwards. And it's a very stable trend. Um, I mean, we did hear it after 9-11 uh, that people are never going to go back into tall buildings. And we're hearing it now. People are never going to go back into offices. I think it's way too early to come to that conclusion. Although you have to say that in the medium term, by which I mean that 18 to 24 months, the trend towards increased density that we were, see, were seeing, it, 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 that is obviously going to come to a, a halt. Um, but I don't think medium term this affects the, the overall demand for space because that just comes straight out of uh, the job market and the generation of service sector jobs, which we see continuing. 
About 10 years ago, when I started talking to investors about the importance of sustainability in their projects, there wasn't a lot of interest in it. But today, it's in over almost 70, 75% of office buildings. Do you think that wellness is going to become an equal partner to sustainability in commercial real estate going forward? You know, clearly COVID-19 has given that a, a great big positive nudge. And, it, you know, it, it's... Uh, it can affect everything. It can affect, you know, the, the, the HVAC systems that go into buildings. It can affect the furniture systems. We, we may need a, a shift to furniture systems that allow easier deep cleaning. It, affect, it moves toward, uh, you know, the, the nature and operation of the janitorial services within a building. So, it, you know, it could well, I think, uh, push up the cost of running offices um, that kind of a, a, in, a, until we learn about it and make efficiencies in it, um, the cost of running offices could go up, but, but you know, increased focus on wellness. I think we would both agree that industrial, which has been a net winner from e-commerce for the last 20 years, that's likely to continue. But is retail uh, the uh, net loser from this? Do they have a permanent negative impact? I, th- I think the, the retail story... Um, it's nuanced. Clearly, it's taken a big hit, and uh, you know, there's there's one of the area that's that's driven um, retail over the last three or four years is clearly food and beverage, and the social protocols around food and beverage uh, are going to going to change, but they will come back. You know, it, you can see it in Asia. You see it Asia post SARS. Restaurants will come back. Well, I think the retail death story has been written for four hundred years. Uh, and it, because retail is constantly evolving. So I, I actually am quite optimistic. Once we get past this 12 to 18 month period, you're going to see retail revert back to looking more like it was two months ago than something quite different as restaurants are allowed to have full occupancy, as movie theaters are allowed to have full occupancy. And going to your point earlier about pent up demand, I think the shortage of customers isn't going to be based upon lack of customer demand, but rather by state and federal rules about social distancing. Yeah, I mean, you've got to say, you've got to say um, uh, the retail sector is one of the most entrepreneurial, you know, with, with, you know, and it's taken a hit, but you're likely to see new concepts and unpredictably new concepts coming through. And, and you know, that, that provides the bounce back maybe take longer, um, but, but it, you know, it'll, it'll be a reimagined and, and, and you know, in, uh, an interesting retail sector that uh, that reemerges, particularly with the spending that's been diverted from elsewhere in the economy. So, Richard, let me ask you another question: What's going to happen with respect to the cycle psychology of the average American consumer post COVID nineteen? There are some people that are concerned that we are entering into a nineteen thirty style post depression mentality that spending is going to be depressed indefinitely. Do you agree with that? You know, after 1918, there was a huge pandemic uh, of global flu. Um, it killed, I think, 65 million people globally and maybe 650,000 people in the United States. Um, and shortly after that, we had the roaring 20s. So you had a, a period of consumer growth, you had a p- period of consumer exuberance, so I think these these kind of harsh lockdowns can sometimes produce an opposite reaction, um, which is to more flamboyance, more consumption, more extravagance as people, as the fear factor and the lockdown factor 
um, disappears from the popular consciousness. So, Richard, let me turn now uh, to personal questions as we wrap this up. First of all, I know that uh, you are a uh, British citizen living here in the United States, and we're delighted to have you in Boston. Uh, but I know you've left your family behind, and some of them have suffered a bit uh, through this COVID crisis. How's it going with you being here in the U.S., and how's your family doing back in the U.K.? Well, very kind of you to ask, Spence. Both of my daughters, I think, had COVID-19, and my middle daughter had it quite quite nastily. And she's a very fit young woman who runs marathons, could, could hardly get up to, to take a cup out of the uh, dishwasher without having to sit down and take a breather. Just makes me think that people should not take a risk with this. Mostly people get away with it, but it is a very nasty uh, disease. But I'm keeping up with them, uh, as rather as we are now, Spence, uh, with all our clients, uh, by frequent Zoom and FaceTime. Well, well, very good. So, Richard, on behalf of The Weekly Take, I want to thank you for being my friend, my colleague, and uh, my partner. But it was a lot of fun having you as a guest, and I certainly hope that you and your family are safe and well, and we both uh, root for this crisis to be over as soon as possible. Thank you very much, Richard. An absolute pleasure, Spence. For more information about what we spoke about today, as well as insights about how this week's latest developments are impacting the commercial real estate industry, go to cbre.com backslash the weekly take. Until next week, I'm Spencer Levy. Be smart, be safe, be well.